Tonight's study is uh, study 153 in wisdom, in the word wisdom that long time ago we coined that, because uh, looking at things that God has given to us uh, to uh, have, to use, to enjoy, uh, or to fuss about, or whatever, uh, we we need to truly thank the Lord for those things that comes in our life that gives us a little help along the way, or gives us something to yell at, or something to talk to when we don't have anything or anybody else to do it with. And so that's where I found myself for the last five or six years. Uh, Miss Bobby Ann said before she passed away, said, Cecil said, take care of my little dog. So here I am taking care of her little dog. <laughs> and, uh, so it's, it's, it's been a blessing to me because, uh, she's been a great help. The first Timothy 524. Now we, I think we maybe read it the last time, but, we didn't get involved into the uh the scripture that goes with it, nor we didn't get in Jack's uh uh workman's interlinear with it either. So we'll just we'll just start at twenty four and go on now. We're trying to get twenty four and twenty five is the two verses left in first Timothy five and then uh, this is still dealing with the elders. And, and the more I look at it, and the more I realize, uh, these things that, uh, that, uh, there's kind of been a falling away of this new understanding that Paul is going to pass on to young Timothy. And so, uh, this is part of the reason for uh this much of the of the fifth chapter of first Timothy. And then we're gonna get into chapter six. I don't know about tonight, but we as we get into it, verse one and two deals with bond servants and their charge. And then the rest of the chapter deals with those that don't teach the word properly. And so this is, uh, this again tells me that there's a somewhat of a problem here with people that come to know this truth and then decide, well, I'm not sure about it. So, so I'm going to read 24 out of the King James Version. And it says this, Some men's sins are open beforehand, going before the judgment, and some men they follow after. Well, men in that verse of Scripture is kind of misleading because if you go back to 5.15 and you look at the young widows, uh... They're doing more looking for a man a lot of times than they do 
dealing with Scripture. And so if it could be also both men and women there because everybody is, is not teaching. And there's a reason for that, I think, because some of these people that did pick up the mantle and, and try to teach and to carry on God's word, uh, good things didn't happen to them too often. So here we are. So it says some, and that's, if you look at a page 124-4, it says that that word there means T-I-N-E-S, times. And, uh, and I looked at, uh, in the Strong's at 5099 and 5100, and it says it equals tits. A certain tits meaning to pay a price as a penalty or to be punished with or by or with men's sins. It says men's sins are open before hand. So uh, a lot of these people, I guess, that comes in to teach has a little baggage to carry along with them. And that is Strong's 4271. And that word is trodulos in the Greek, and it means obvious to all. Or to, at least to all men <clears throat> going before the judgment. Because these people evidently are, that are teaching some groups or assemblies are being called, called into question about what they're teaching. And, uh, this, this uh, Mysterion truth is is something that maybe a lot of them haven't heard before, too. So, And it says, uh, men there has been added, as I mentioned before, as it, too, applies to women. Also, as in chapter 5, 1 Timothy 5, 15, it says, uh, they follow after, so... A lot of the women that are trying to get involved in service to God, too, are a little more interested in service to finding a, a new husband. Something maybe has happened to their their old uh, husband. He, he may have been killed or whatever. I don't know. But okay, verse 24. Let's look at what Jack says about 24. And then we'll get into our, uh, we'll get into our, our, uh, verses to look at. It says, out of the Koine Greek, of some men, the sins manifest are going before unto judgment. Some, and also, they follow after. So it says, in the more regular English, it says the sins of some man are manifest before going into judgment, but also 
some follow after. So that's where uh, that's where we get pretty much our scripture from uh, in the English version of that. Jack says this, it is true that we know some who are very openly sinful. It may even appear that they revel, revel in their sins, as it says in Ephesians 4.19. Graciously, some of these experience the new life and the salvation in Christ. They are those two who we would not suspect who have never yet experienced life in Christ but hang on to the old shrouds of religion. And then he gives us the uh, the scriptures that we ought to look at and I've got them listed in my notes. And uh, we'll go ahead and clear up this verse of scripture with the notes, and I think as we look through the notes that uh, we will see uh, that there's quite a little bit of stuff written about this in Scripture, and some, even a lot, quite a lot of it in, in Paul's in Paul's writings here, some early and some later. Okay, we're going to look first It Acts 12, and we're going to look at part of verse 6 and go through 11. On six, 16, page 1607. <coughs> okay, the Acts 12. Well, I made it to John 12. Okay, Acts 12. We're going to read, when I say 6 through 11. <coughs> okay. This is Peter dealing with, dealing with here in Acts. It says, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayed, but prayer was made without ceasing of the assembly unto God for him. And when Herod went, would have him brought forth the same night people were sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the doors kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison and smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Rise up quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. Wow. Get to know the man with the keys. Yes, amen. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind thy sandals. And so he did, and he said unto him, Cast thy garment around thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wished not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he had saw a vision. And when they passed the first, were past the first of the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth into the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and passed through one street. And forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, and I'm sure he had a lot of questions here, 
He said, now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hands of Herod and from all the expectations of the people of the Jews. So you see here, we have a picture of a, a miracle taking place. And this man was deep inside this prison, evidently. And the Lord had ever way to unlock everything he needed to unlock to get to him and to put him and set him free. And so he, he let him out of the hands of Herod there. And I remember reading this when we went through Acts some of these times. I thought, man, it's really that is really something else. Okay, the second one is Second uh, Corinthians five. So I'm hitting them tonight, boys. Second Corinthians five. We're going to look at uh, 10 through 16 here. That's on page 1734, if you have a companion Bible. And uh, we're going to look at uh, 10 through 10 through 12, verse 10 through 12, chapter 5. It says this, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to the to that that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing their terror of the Lord, we persuade men that we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. Condemn not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that you may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not at heart. So he says, you know, the witness here a lot of times will be in appearance. They won't. It won't be in your heart, but it'll be in your sight. And, and so this is another, another situation because, you, you know, the Jews always look for a sign. It was just, it was in their blood because that, that was, that was what had been promised to them. You know, the Jews seek after a sign. Okay. That's, that's two of them. Okay. Now, the next one is in Ephesians 5, 10 through 13. Ephesians 5, Okay. What did I say, 10 through 13? Yeah. 
says, Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and having no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove or convict them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doeth make manifest is light. And I'll just read 14 too. It says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Oh, if you're in the light of where else would you want to be? Okay. That was Ephesians. Okay, let's look at Philippians. Three, Philippians three. Let's just ease on another few pages. Philippians three, eighteen and nineteen. Uh oh, I didn't even mark it, but I got it anyway. It said, "Brethren, before." Together in me, 17, and mark them which walk, so as ye have us for an example. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. 19, whose end is destruction, that is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who man Earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for a Savior. Yes, it is. The Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Philippians. Okay, two more. Second Thessalonians 1. Okay, Second Thessalonians. Well, I got that one right. Second Thessalonians one, three to five. Chapter one of Second Thessalonians, verse three, four, and five. And it says this, We are bound to thank God always for you, brother, as it is meet or fit, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth, so that we ourselves glory in you in the assemblies of God for your patience, and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgments of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. 
Okay, three, four, second. Then we're going to go to Revelations 20. Revelations 20, 12, I'm sorry. Revelations 20, 12. And he says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and they was found no place for them. And then he says, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. So, you know, you got to go back to a different dispensation to get the gist of that. But nevertheless, there it is. That and now this is what Jack wanted us to see uh, there, and uh, so we'll go back and see if we can finish up. <coughs> see if we can finish up the chapter, verse twenty-five. Now the King James says this, likewise. Also, the good works of some are manifest beforehand. See, it's a, it's a kind of a follow-up to the verse before. The good works of some are manifest beforehand, and they that are otherwise cannot be hid. So, 25 is, uh, the summation, really, of verse 24. Likewise, the sum of verse 24, also the good works of some, the show of the other hand, if you will, are manifest and same, uh, same as open beforehand, and they that are otherwise or different, cannot be hid, or are not able to be hid. And so, that is my notes on verse 25. And then, let's look at Jack's. It's on the same page in his book, and it says, Out of the Koine Greek, in like manner, also the works, the good manifest. And those otherwise are to be hid, not able to. In like manner also good works are manifest, and those also that are, are not able to be hid. So, Jack says, good works are the same. Some are more manifest than others. But even 
the less manifest good works will be made manifest. God knows the work of his body believers, and the works will not be unmeasured by standards of the glory of God. And so you got four places there that Jack wants us to look at there in verse 25. So let's go back to Matthew 5 and look at Matthew 5, 14 through 16. It's on page 13, 17. Go back to Matthew. Matthew 5. Okay. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. It's on page 13, 17, and it says this. We are the light of the world. A city that is on a hill hill, cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light to all that are in in the house. And so it says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So this is, uh, this is part of the true disciples and they're the salt of the earth. They're the light in the earth. Is a city or a lamp. So, this was the first thing that Jack wanted us to look at, and then we want to go back to Ephesians again. And you see, you find that we hadn't been in Ephesians much lately until uh, just <coughs> the last few verses of Scripture. But we're going to look at Ephesians 5. Let me back up a page. I'm going to look at if, no, Ephesians 6, 7 and 8. And I failed to mark that one too. Well, I was doing good for a while. (laughs) It says, with good will, doing service. As to the Lord and not to men. That's what we should be doing. Doing God's will in his service as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doth, the same he shall receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. So we, the closer we get down to the sixth chapter, you know, we get talking about Either a bond man or a free man. We haven't talked about that much yet. But here, it makes, makes a note of that. Okay. 
And we're going to go uh, to the book of James. And we're going to look at 220-24. Book of James. I sometimes have a little trouble finding the book of James. But it is before Hebrews, right? No, that's Titus. <laughs> okay, where are we at? What? Oh, it's eight. It's on page eighteen, fifteen, fifty-one. I guess I looked at my notes. That. <laughs> Eighteen fifty in fifty one. Two twenty to twenty four. Okay, James. Two twenty twenty four. But will thou know, O man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac, his son, upon an altar? Seeing thou faith wrought with his work, and thy works with faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. And then he, he goes on there and talks about Rahab the harlot. You remember that story too. So uh, There we go. And then First Peter 2, 11, 12. And that's on page 1858. Oh, yeah, you got that one, Martin. And it said, Dearly beloved, I beseech you, as strangers and pilgrims, abstain fleshly lust which war against the soul having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. So, First Peter 2 says, Remember what you do and do the good works because that may be all they see. And it might cause them to have some understanding of God. So that's, uh, that winds up the, uh, the fifth chapter of, uh, first Timothy and it seems like we've been in it for a long time. 
And we did, but, but it was it was a lot of it was a lot of stuff that Paul wanted <coughs> Timothy to know and to realize and understand that when he gets out in the world on his own here, then he's going to have to remember all these things that Paul had written to him and and told him about, to, you know, to make his. To make his testimony work. Because Paul has seen his testimony work and he knows, he knows how to make it work because especially those that were, uh, old school there because they, they look for, look for a sign. Okay. How much time we got left, right? It's another way. Well, we'll do. We'll do chapter 6, verse 1. And, and it talks about, it deals with bond servants and their charge, uh, 1 and 2. But we'll probably just be able to do one because there's several places he wants us to look here in 6 1. So let's read 6 1 right quick. Now, let me get back to where it's at. Here we go. Okay, it says this. In 6.1 of Timothy. First Timothy. Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and his doctrines be not blasphemed. So the two verses here dealing basically with uh, those that uh, were in bondage. In bondage, maybe to their somebody that was a brother in Christ, maybe not. But you know these these yokes that we find in Scripture is uh, a man can be yoked. Uh, I guess sometimes by his own will and sometimes by the will of others because he may have voted it, he couldn't pay or something. But there was two things there that uh, when I read my notes, and I guess I'll just go ahead and read it so you can get a kind of get a picture of what we're talking about. Let her allow as many servants, and that's Servant there is doulos, and that means a slave or bond servants, as are under the yoke, and I'll put the yoke there, so it'll give you more of an understanding, implying moral or legal subjection. You could be morally in subjecting to somebody, or you could be uh, legally 
uh, in subjection to someone. So, uh, because we don't, we don't normally look at that now in this age, but that's the way, that's the way it was then. And the yoke is a restrainment. Uh, so, uh, so it says count and, and regards as to pay, respect or honor. Their own master is worthy of all honor. As respect must be seen from both authority and servitude in order that the name of God and his doctor or teaching be not blasphemed or disrespected. And that's about as good as I could write it down and make it sound reasonable because, you know, we, we just hopefully, uh, I never get, uh, Indebted to somebody that I have to work and pay it off like that. My Jewish boss man in Atlanta, Georgia in the, the late fifties uh, after I graduated school went to work for him. I went over there and got an audience with him in his office one day on Decatur Street in Atlanta, Georgia. And I said, Mr. Stein, I'm not making ends meet very well because I'd, I'd gotten married and expected a child. Here the child sits with me tonight. <laughs> and I said, uh, I need it. And he said, see, things ain't been going real good lately. That's pretty much the opening statement of Somebody that ain't going to give you anything. But he says, I tell you what, said, if things get real tight, he says, I can loan you some money. If you want to, no way, Jose. He <laughs> said, I ain't, I ain't going that route. I said, I enjoy my, I enjoy my work, but I just, I, I, I know I'm not being paid what I'm worth. And I said a lot of people probably believe the same thing. And I said, you come by the first of the month and tell me how good or bad I am. And I said, uh, it never seems to be enough. And he said, well, that's the way work is. <laughs> You know, the more, the better we are, the, the more we can do, the, the more money we make. And I said, well, it may work for you that way, but it doesn't seem to be working that way for me too much. But anyway, that's kind of what I had in, that's what I kind of understood when I went over there to talk to him. And, uh, so, uh, 
that that didn't go over too well, so I had to start looking to see about doing something else. But and and I certainly wasn't gonna go over to the Jewish faith there to try to get more money. That wasn't what I was had intentions to do anyway. But uh, that's the way you got out of that. So here we are. And when you're dealing with a with a, a Jewish individual by the name of Stein, it don't get no more Jewish than that. Uh, he was a good fellow, but he was hard to get any money out of. Him. Turn with me. Uh, let's let's read Jack, what Jack said in verse one out of the Corley Greek. As many as are under the yoke. Bond servants, the personal masters of all honor worthy, let them regard that not the name of God and the teaching be blasphemed. Uh, and the down in the more original English, pretty much what we read in verse one. And Jack says this, the body member who is a bond servant, <coughs> excuse me, must treat his master with the highest honor. This is the testimony before men. This is what we ought to see man to man. All levels and sectors of people may be body members with one head, Christ. Yet here in this earthly life, we may have other employers or masters, those above us. Or the body member may be an employer or master himself. So all must treat each other with due respect and honor. If this be not the case, then the name of God might be ill thought of or spoken against. The teaching of his word may be disrespected or even blasphemed. And so this is the uh, advice that Paul was giving, the, giving to young Timothy here. He said, you know, you're going to find people that may not affect you one way or the other, but you're going to find people that are under servitude for some reason or the other. And, and you know, when you look it up, it says, you know, it's either can be moral or, or uh, can be legal. And, uh, but in any case, uh, we're supposed to remember that uh, we're God's Children, and we all treat each other like that. Okay, let's look at the little list we got here. So let's start with Matthew 11. See, we're going to go back. This is kind of running in a circle this way. And we're going to look at Matthew 11. 
Twenty-eight and twenty-nine. Yeah. Matthew eleven, twenty-eight and twenty-nine says this. Come unto me, all ye that are that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The guy is saying, look, I can take care of that heavy load. I'll take it on me. And that's what he's done. Amen. That's what he's done in our lives, folks. Okay, we're going to look at Mark 7. Mark 7. 20 to 23. Page 1399. Twenty to twenty-three. He said, and he said, that which cometh out of a man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of man, proceeds evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts. Covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. Full stop. All these evil things come within, come from within, and defile the man. And from thence he arose and went to the borders of Tyre and Sidon. Well, mic drop is Because he just about covered the whole the whole ball game right there. Sure did. March seven. Okay, we're going to go back to Acts again. We're going to go to Acts fifteen. Oh, I'm in John 16. Okay. Acts 15. We're going to look at 6 through 10. In verse 6 of Acts 15, it says this. And the apostles and elders came together for to consider uh, this matter. And when they had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said to them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made a choice among us 
that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. And put no difference between them, or between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now therefore, why tempt you God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? The burden of the law was always there. Lots of times they wouldn't accept that. Okay. First Corinthians seven. Okay, first Corinthians seven. We're gonna look five, six, and seven on page seventeen oh six. It says this, Defraud ye not one another, except it be with consent for a time that you may give yourself to fasting and prayer and come together again that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. But I speak this by permission and not of commandment. For I would that all men were even as myself. But every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. And that's what he gives us here in First Corinthians 5, I mean 7, 5, and the following mark. Okay. That was first Corinthians seven, okay. Ephesians six uh it says three to nine. Ephesians 6, okay, on page 1769, and I 4 through 9, and you fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the ammunition of the Lord. Servants be obedient to them that are in your master, that are in your, that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Not with our service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from, from your heart. With good will, 
doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And you masters do the same thing unto them, forbearing threatenings, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect that person with him. Okay, so deal with each other right like we should. Okay, and we got the uh, Corinthians 4, 1 through 3. I guess we're passing over. No, uh, Colossians 4, I'm sorry. Colossians 4, 1 through 3. Masters, given to your servants that which is just and equal. Hey, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mysteries of Christ, for which am also, which I am also in bonds, that I might make it manifest as I ought to speak. Okay, so that's uh, Colossians 4, 1 through 4. Okay, and then we're going to go to Titus. And Titus is the last one in this verse of Scripture. 1818. I thought I was close. Titus 2. Nine through fourteen. And it says this exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters, and to please them well in all things, not answering again, not prolonging, but showing all good fidelity, that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Looking for that hope that we may all have that kind of hope. For sure and for sure. So, that gets us down through 6-1. We'll pick up uh, 2 there next time, verse 2.
and go on from there and we'll soon maybe have first Timothy taken care of. So I'd like to thank you for being with me. And uh, I don't usually get involved in this heavy workload on, on a steady nap, but I felt it necessary to get involved, so I did. And I usually go out and eat with Troy and him, but I, I stayed home and cooked leftovers and got filled up so much I couldn't eat my watermelon at the end of the <laughs> I had a little piece of watermelon. I was going to enjoy it, but it is, I just wasn't no room. Like the old boy says, there wasn't no room in the end for it. So thank you for being with us. And God bless. I uh, hope you got something, out, especially out of the fifth chapter of First uh, Timothy, because it was... Uh, a chapter that was unusual to say the least, but if you notice these, uh, when, when Paul was writing this to Timothy, it was, uh, you know, there were signs all along in it that things could be better than they were, but they, they were still good. If, uh, we look at each other in the same light and treat each other the same way. So God bless. Join with us next time, the Lord willing. We'll continue on.